Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He's got Ferreira at the far post. Can he get a shot off? It's Ferreira to get a second. Yes, he does. Goes in off the hands of JT Marcinkowski. Thomas Ferreira has picked up the second. It's 4-2 Houston Dynamo. Welcome back to the Houston Dynapod podcast. I am your host, Finister, with my co-host, Sexy Joey Stats. What's up, Joey? What's up, guys? Not much. And uh, we have a special guest today. He comes to us by way of Luton Town. Via Connecticut, via are you in Frisco or Dallas, Daniel? Uh, I'm actually in, in Richardson, just uh to the to okay. the uh east of Frisco. The high end suburbs, very nice. Very nice. I'm familiar. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. I'm just trying to compliment you because I mean you guys are a rival, and I think that's the last time we're gonna compliment each other the whole show. That yeah, sounds good to me. All right, cool, man. So uh Daniel Crook from the third third degree podcast, is that right? Uh, yeah, uh, so um, thirddegree.net is uh, a blog that uh, my editor Buzz Carrick started back in 1997. That uh, the whole third degree Dallas burn made more sense when the team was called that, but uh, it's been going strong now for 26 years. And a couple of years ago, uh, I started helping out and then uh, they wanted to start a podcast. So uh, a couple hundred episodes in, here we, here we are. Couple hundred. You guys have been doing it since when? You said 96, 97? Uh yeah, it started in ninety seven. Jesus. Are y'all the are y'all the big boys? Uh, the, the blog at least. Um are y'all like the big boys when it comes to FC Dallas? Because there's not a lot of podcasts, it's hard to find. There's not, no. Um this, you know, it's kind of like little tears. We tried a more journalistic approach, just kind of all of our backgrounds. Um you have like some of the one the the fat like the the really fanny ones. Uh, that kind of come up and and go. Um, you know, everyone kind of has a their their niche in the market. So uh, we try to be the more uh tactically minded and try to be level headed. Although sometimes we, you know, kind of fuck that up a little bit. Uh, well, Joey, are we tactically minded and level headed here? Are we tactically? Are we heavy? level minded? Jesus, yeah, Joey, so. spoke right. Come on, are yeah, we tactically? Are we are we tactically capable and level headed <laughs> over here? He can't spoke good today. I would I, I would say yeah. Really, level headed? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, FC I Dallas so. I think compared to most of our fan base, uh, that that would be true, which is sad. But Daniel, yeah, FC Dallas has had the show blocked for about two years. 
we uh we have a history of that yeah they they were quick to do if it. If it's man. any consolation, they listen to us just to talk shit about us and you know, and critique stuff. So you know, we're we're in a similar boat where there's too much attention and more of it than not enough paid. No, well, I don't know. I like attention. I don't know if Joey does. Joey's a drummer. Drummers tend to not like attention unless they're uh, making videos with Pamela Anderson. So That's so. True. So so far, man. Um, yeah, but I mean, you can't go wrong with Tommy Lee. He's he's a beautiful man. So so far, you guys, you guys, we were just talking. You sit in third place. You have a game in hand on. Is it LAFC or is it Seattle? Uh, Seattle LAFC has a game in hand on us. Okay, so pot- potentially you could be second. Uh, do you do, so far your season has it been better, worse, same than you've expected? Um, a lot better, but at the same time, what? Uh, the same, I guess. It's it's been a weird season. It feels like the whole Western Conference has gone backwards in a way. Um, the off season for FC Dallas was very much sit around and do nothing, um, hope for the best, and somehow that's actually weirdly working out for them. Some of the players been. Absolute dog shit. Uh, some of the games have been terrible, but somehow two points out of first and trying to figure out how. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys did us a huge favor. Was it Saturday? Saturday, we uh, because I, I don't know, I don't know which team you hate the most in MLS. Let me ask, which team do you hate the most in MLS? Naturally, the Dynamo. Okay. There's only one Texas rival. That's you know what? I'm glad you said that. Because there is a small little club to the west of both of us that continues to say that they're rivals with us and you. They're not, right? No, uh, the the cities of Dallas and Houston, this was made very, very clear to me when I moved to Dallas eleven years ago. Absolutely hate everything about each other. No one cares about Austin. What's the worst that's gonna happen? Them and San Antonio's gonna argue over who has better tacos. It's San Antonio, anyway. San Antonio um, is a better football club, too. That, that's very true. Yeah, um, true. But, yeah, I mean, I, I went there for the playoff game, the the one time Dallas loses to them, and their fans were weirdly nice and kind of annoying. And the stadium's kind of, it's big and it's bright, but it's it's kind of cheap at the same time. It's, it's very strange. There's nothing that you can really hate. You just have to kind of go, oh, kind of, Good for you that you've you've got this and stop being so nice if you really wanna be rivals. Like you know, I'm not in, I'm not endorsing people uh, getting into punch ups, but Dallas and Houston, there's there's some hatred there. I think yeah, the nicest conversation I've had with someone at, uh down down at Houston Stadium was when the fifth goal went in when you beat us a few uh five nil a few years ago. And I punched a bathroom door. It hit someone in the face and he apologized to me. And I was like, I think he apologized that we were playing that badly, not that he got in the way of the door. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you know what, though? I, I, Daniel, I got a feeling that, that, that you and I would get along smashingly in person. <laughs> I do. Because uh, have you, you've, so you've been to Houston. You've seen a match here, yeah? Uh, yeah, I stopped, I had to stop going because uh, we just didn't win those games. So I was like, maybe I'm the bad luck. I don't know. <laughs> See, I feel the same way, man. When I watch, I'll turn a game on. Like I was watching, I watch hockey. I'm a Rangers fan. 
Oh, I was watching. Yeah, I was okay, watching. I understand. Yeah, I was watching the playoffs, turn it on, and as soon as I turn it on, the devil scored and took the lead. I was like, turn it <laughs> off. I'm done. You have to turn off this rule, yeah. I can't, I can't do it, man. Uh, so we're the most hated team. You know, oddly enough for me, I'm I'm late to football, soccer. I, I started mm-hmm. watching it in 2016 because my son plays and he's 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 good. He's not like Academy good, but he's 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 good. And I started to, you know, understand it. And the thing with Dallas is uh there's just not a lot of y'all. There's not a lot of y'all on social. There's not a lot that I see. There's not a lot of dialogue on social media, which is the only place we'd really speak to y'all. But there's not a ton of it. Yeah. Whereas that other place with the plastic fans in the cheap stadium, all they do is shout. Joey, who do you, who, Joey, who do you hate more, Dallas or Austin? Dallas, but that's not the club I hate the most, though. Who do you hate the most? Oh, controversial. Kansas City. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a Zussi fan at all. All right. Yeah. All right. So, hey, uh, U.S. men's national team, Gabriel, not Gabriel. I always see Gabriel Jesus because we always talk to Joey. <laughs> hey, hey, Jesus. Jesus Ferreira. How do you say his name? Jesus Ferreira. Yeah. Jesus Ferreira was the, uh, the kind of like the, uh, the odd man out at the World Cup. Didn't get a lot of playing time. He. Yeah, I think uh, I think they did him a disservice to a degree. I did a few players a disservice. Yeah, I see. I was really high on uh, who's the ginger from Norwich, Sergeant. I Sergeant. like Sergeant. Yeah, and uh, who was the other one they played up top? Was it Wea? Who was the other one? Haji, right? Haji, yeah, yeah. And Haji I was right. wondering where uh, Jesus would fit in, but now you have uh, the Arsenal bloke. How do you say his name? Fl- Florian. Florian Balogun. Balogun? Fuller and Balogun. I want to say baloney. Yeah, close enough. Yeah. So I, I, big news now is that he switched national teams. He's not going to go for England. He's going to go for the men's team of the U.S., which makes sense because I don't know who he would replace in the in the England team. In your opinion, Daniel, do you think that he comes in and he supplants the current number nine on the men's team, whoever it may be? I mean, I feel like you got to assume. So he's, he's the, the fresh, uh, shiny toy until he misses one chance and, you know, the toxic national team Twitter crowd all turn on him. Um, you know, it's, it's happened to Pepe, it happened to Sargent, it happened to Peafark, it's happened to Ferreira. Uh, you know, it, it, it tends to, uh, tends to be a, a big thing. Yeah, the only obvious answer is to play Gio Reyna at all eleven positions. You know, selfish player possible. I don't know. He, I mean, how he, he? I don't think he could even pass to himself. Right. I'm not a. I'm not a fan of him. I don't like the antics. I don't like what his dad did. I don't like what the mom did. I don't like how they did it. It's. It's. It is. You're right. No, it's selfish. I'm, I'm going to agree with an FC Dallas fan. It. It, it was very it's, selfish. It's all right. It's just a temporary thing. Yeah, we'll hate each other when this is over. It's because I'm wearing a, a small bit of orange on my Luton shirt. I see that. I like it. And there's, uh, I don't see any red, white, or blue, but I'm partially colorblind. It is blue and white. It's Shit. mostly white. It looks like black. Oh, there is white. Shit. I'm not that colorblind. <laughs> All right. You're uh, a Luton fan. You must be excited right now. I'm very, very, I'm uh, absolutely ecstatic. Getting a bit tired of those uh, same articles about her away end, but uh, incredibly excited. Uh, you, you big Ethan Horvath fan? 
He's been fantastic for us. He's had two bad games, and that's it. Uh, there's there's a stars and stripes hanging up on one of the stands. Uh, his World Cup jerseys in the in the gym at the that the players use, and uh, if he strings together a couple of good saves, you'll hear a USA chant pretty quickly there. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, It'd be nice you... if we could uh, get him back after he leaves Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think Joey had a question concerning guys yeah. whose names I can't pronounce, so I'm going to let him shoot this one <laughs> at you. So you guys lost Matt Hedges in this offseason, which is massive loss. Has uh, Tafari and Ibiaga made up for that loss? Uh, Nikosi Tafari, bizarrely, was supposed to be the odd man out. He's supposed to be, you know, he's in his third or fourth year as a pro. You know, he's the inexperienced one compared to Jose Martinez, who's played in La Liga, and uh, Sebastian Ibiaga, who's played on two MLS Cup winning teams now. Um, Coase is keeping them both out the lineup. They're just kind of rotating right now. Um, uh, Martinez is pretty slow. Um, Ibiaga, his passing is pretty horrendous at times. So... It's been it's been interesting. Um, would have loved to have kept Matt Hedges. Um, you know, five times unbeaten. He's you know kind of getting to mid thirties now. He broke his hip a couple of years ago, so injuries were always going to catch up with him. But his ability to organize the defense. Uh, I mean, that's a you know former MLS defender of the year. You you kind of um, can't beat that too much. But I, I know coming into free agency, he wanted. He was shooting for like a three-year contract over a million dollars. They didn't want to do it. Turns out he went to Toronto for seven hundred thousand, and that's what they're paying Ibiaga. So I think, uh, you know, just as just as that situation, people are starting to feel better about it now that the uh, salary information's been released. Uh, we're kind of back to square one with, well, why why, why didn't they just keep Hedges? It just hasn't been very great for Toronto either. No, he hasn't. No, um, he, I mean, I'm sort of, yeah, yeah. So I, I think the big thing for him was his experience as much as anything, and it kind of initially exposed the um, Emma Tuomasi, the right back for Dallas, is not defensively good, um, and the Hedges was kind of playing a little bit of of uh, almost two positions kind of making up for that and that the guys are having to kind of learn on their feet a little bit too how to cover each other when you had a you know 10-year MLS pro who kind of just knew without thinking hey this is how I'm going to cover the situation so uh, you know they've kind of lost out in communication and leadership in the back quite a bit. See, learning on their feet kind of sounds like what we've got going on with Daniel Steris at right back. We've been playing a, I mean, he, I don't, I don't know if he's ever played right back, but he's been a center back his entire career, and he has now been deputized at right back due to uh, our backup Griffin Dorsey. He's Joey loves him, but he's very offensive minded. He, he started off as a wing and progressively moved back midfield to, to to right wing back to. He even played right back in a four back system last year, and it was he had some good moments. You know, offensively, but defensively, he leaves something to be desired. But he is—he is quicker, way quicker than Steris. Steris is slow. Now, it sounds a little bit like that's, us. That's basically Emmett Emmett Tomasi for Dallas. He was, you know, a, a winger coming in, 
uh, out of the draft a few years ago. He went on loan to San Antonio uh, to start to start playing as a right back to try and convert, but the only opening they had was was at wing, so that's just where he ended up and kind of never really progressed. So that in the first team had to kind of just kind of shoehorn it, shoehorn him in. Weirdly, a winger converting to a right back, you'd think, okay, offensively he's going to be pretty good, but he gets the the blinders on when he gets to the halfway. He's like, hey, sorry, halfway line. He's like, well, I shouldn't be here. I need to get back. But then his defensive instincts aren't there either. So uh, that that's been, I, I'm sure there's there's very similar growing pains uh, with with Griffin. Yeah, and he's he was uh he's still relatively young though, so he's got. He's still got a little bit of developing to do and some learning to do. But uh you talk about wings moving to, to back to the backs. I just it reminds me of uh that Welsh guy, Bale, going from mm-hmm. left back to, to left wing to right wing. A little, a little different than Daniel Steris and Griffin Dorsey, though. Slightly. You know, I mean, in some cases it works. Um the same thing happened uh at Dallas for Brian Reynolds. He went from striker to right wing to right back and uh you know, went to Roma for a bunch of money and he's probably gonna, you know, go get sold again to a Belgian team this summer. So uh, you know, you can make some good money doing it. Yeah, you see else. you see a lot of uh, the collegiate players in MLS that will play up top in college and then when they get to MLS or the pros, they move to the midfield or the back line. Joey, who's the one on our you, you mentioned this guy, I can't remember, was it was it Schmidt? Schmidt was a number nine. Who was the that would play a nine or hey, a winner? Schmidt? Was it Schmidt? Yeah, Tate Schmidt was an attacker. Dorsey was a was a forward too. Yeah, they tend to. It, it seems like they they have an easier time converting back backwards as a wing back because they still have the offensive capabilities. But you especially know. now that the modern fullback is is an attacker, uh, so the the kind of old school stay back, clear it, don't get past the halfway line. Uh, in the modern American game, there's just no place for that player, unfortunately. Oh, do you think it's just American? Because you look at you look at teams like City with Kyle Walker and the other one. A lot of these successful teams, yeah. Liverpool, they have the overlapping fullbacks who they do get forward. Like, is it? Do you think it's just an American thing, or do you think it's? Uh, do you think that we're stealing from y'all? Uh, no, I mean, I think I mean, soccer is a sport. The trends kind of go across the globe, right? So, like how uh, Klopp's counter press and and Pep's um, possession style that. You know, two years ago in Dallas, you had Lucci Ball, which was a weird crossover of both that never should have existed. Um, you know, those ideas maybe take take a few years to kind of move across. I think where you have had someone like Kyle Walker, who's been been at it for for quite a few years now, and uh, and Trent Alexander Arnold, now it's kind of it's the trend because everyone's picked up on it. So it's the only way to play almost. So uh, same as like the, the 10, the 10 doesn't really exist anymore in MLS. It hasn't in Europe for a while. Cause you've got like that, that like Kevin De Bruyne type that can, you know, play make from deeper, but it's taken a few years for other countries to adopt that. And, and now it's just the norm. Yeah. 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 I would, I mean, I would say, Oh God, Joey! I I feel like Austin played with a ten with Driussi, but after that, I don't like you said. Like the last ten, I re- the true ten I remember seeing was Erickson. Erickson played the ten in Spurs in the four two three one. But you're right; you, you, a lot of people are are they're high on the four two three one, but it's always a kind of 
like a bastardized version of it where it's really a four three three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have that like three eight that kind of floats between um, like Odegaard. Hey, you, you said some. You said it wasn't going to be level headed and, and tactical, and here we are talking about positional differences. This is crazy. Well, let's let's unfuck ourselves then, shall we? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So I was looking at y'all's injury report, and I'm not gonna lie, I got a little excited. Not free. No, 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 because I saw uh, Legit. Did I say that right? Yep. Ariola and Velasco, all three names I know. And if, as Joey will tell you, I know fuck all about anybody outside the Dynamo. But if I know their names, I know they're decent. They're all in the injury report. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, is there any chance yeah, we um, see them? And is there any chance? Like, are there any other injury updates to major players that you guys have right now? So Velasco's back. Uh, he'll be good to go. He started the game last night against Vancouver. Um, Legit and Ariola both have quad injuries that, to the extent they've had MRIs on, they were not in the they were not in the roster all yesterday. Probably not going to see them at the weekend. They've both had pretty shitty seasons anyway, so I mean it's not really a great loss at this moment in time. Um. Giovanni Jesus, he has a hamstring injury. Don't know if you'll see him or not. Um, that's probably the only ones. Um, Paxton Pomacol was rested yesterday, but I think that was just rest. I don't think there was an injury there. Um, he, uh, uh, you know, as one of the long-time uh, guys from the academy, he's he's one of the. The senior, hey, we know what the, the Texas Derby means. Um, kind of guys he always yeah. has been, right? You know, he's played it since he was twelve years old. Yeah, we, he he knows because last time he was here for Ache Ache's debut, when y'all leveled or you guys took the lead two to one, they went right in front of our supporters and promptly got pelted with bracelets and water bottles. It was it was it was a proper response by our supporters. But uh, yeah, I mean uh, that's. That's apparently Jesus Ferreira's thing. He did it in Austin last week too, and they were they were trying to pelt him with uh, empty cups and thinking that that would do something. Who throws an empty oh, uh, cup? It doesn't sorry, even go very someone, far. Someone threw their vape at him. <laughs> Fucking Austin people. Yeah, Who I mean vapes? you couldn't get much more Austin than that, right? Now be yeah, a real man and smoke Austin. a cigarette. Smoke cigarettes like real. Like be a real man or whatever. Uh, speaking of Paxton Pomacall, uh, what are your thoughts on his facial hair? Because I look at that mustache and I immediately want to hide my children and send him a white van. Uh, looks like the old uh, <laughs> one of the Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid movies. But uh, now, now you say it like that. If you had the handlebars as well, maybe then hide the kids. <laughs> yeah, some like he's also fighting a receding hairline. So I mean, is... in a few years, that could look really ropey. He has so many things going wrong in his personal life right now in terms of appearance. <laughs> it's like, yo, I mean, y'all look. I know y'all don't have a huge attendance, but somebody's got to get him like a fashion designer. And we like packs. Hey, we've had uh, had like only two games haven't sold out so far. That's no way. Nineteen thousand and ninety six. No way. Week. That yeah, that's huge for y'all because you guys, like we we slumped in attendance for years, but we could always look north and be like less people watch theirs. Well, I think the joke was always like uh, you know you'd have a you'd have a bad night where you looked around the stadium and you saw like ten thousand people because Houston has like an absurd number of corporate seats, so they count on the attendance whether people are there or not. And Dallas was kind of similar. 
last night they announced a 15,000 attendance and there were 15,000 people there on a Wednesday night. It wasn't like the old days where it was like, oh, yep, 6,000 people plus 10,000 pretend ones. Yeah, the nice. pretend ones are the best. Good, Joey. But, That's nice. I mean, you you want to have a, you know, I mean... A, a packed stadium for both games, a better atmosphere. That's that's what you want. You wanna you wanna promote uh, Texas as more than just the kind of green drums with the LEDs that we keep seeing on TV. This this episode is gonna be titled "The Only Rivalry in Texas." <laughs> yeah. All right, Joey. Joey Houston combined to shit on Austin. Hell yeah, that's <laughs> the only thing we agree on. All right, Joey, hit him with yours, man. All right, so you guys probably your biggest move this offseason was getting in uh Giovanni Jesus right back. And he's been kind of all right. Not great. He's not been terrible, but he's been kind of all right. How could you guys get him a little more involved? Um getting him uninjured would be a good start. Um he's been an interesting player. Uh defensively he's not brilliant on the attacking side, great. Uh when they throw him in late in games, he looks really impressive because he's the only one in the team that knows how to cross a ball. Um, you know, and, and if you're chasing the game anyway, it's, hey, don't worry about defensive responsibilities. Just try and get a goal. Um, he has been exposed playing up at New York City. He got absolutely abused uh, from the start. But um, I think when fit, he's probably a shade ahead of Emma Tuomasi. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't started every game too, I saw. He's been no, he, uh, um, yeah. Ema started the season. Uh, they did a little rotation. I think it was against Minnesota, maybe, uh, and then um, then he limped out of the cup game. I want to say against Nashville last week, um, and yeah, hamstrings. So they're they're kind of uh, trying to take it easy with him. Yeah, those are finicky injuries. Those things can linger for a hot minute. Which uh, of all these injuries we've talked about, which is the most concerning to you? Oh boy, um, I think Paul Ariola's, uh, just for the fact that he's in the space of uh, a month, he's had a groin injury, a hamstring injury, and a quad injury. It's like he's just one after the other. He, you know, even that game on Saturday against Austin, he came on as a sub, looked great for twenty minutes, and then went off injured. Hey, he wasn't he rumored to go to LAFC? Was that a real thing or the Galaxy? What was that rumor? Um, there was some talk about it. I mean, you know, I, I don't know how real that was. Um, Dallas tends to keep things very quiet until anything's announced, so it's kind of hard for us unless there's, you know, players' families talking about it, uh, which is typically international transfers more than MLS trades. We probably won't hear too much about that. Do you guys have like a, a journalist that you know when they post a rumor, it's going to come true? Because we have Tom Bogert down here that when he posts something, it's it's pretty much guaranteed to happen. Tom is always a good one. Um, really, it's uh, it, it's for Dallas stuff. It tends to be if Tom doesn't get it, it, it goes to my editor Buzz. Um, he's probably the most connected person in in the area just because he's been doing it for for longer than most people, you know, half the team have been alive. And also, I saw the Tom, I think it was Tom who reported it. He, uh, someone said that Justin Shea was coming back. 
Yeah, uh, Justin Che has not worked out at Hoffenheim. He was promoted to the first team, didn't make a single bench, got injured. He's not even playing for their reserve team in the German fourth division right now. So, I mean, uh, they're not particularly interested. It'll be interesting to see what happens as the family and, and him were very keen on, you know, uh, on getting out of Dallas, uh, making that European jump, trying to, you know, uh, there was a there was a big train of players, Pepe, uh, Tanner Tessman, Brian Reynolds, Reggie Cannon, all went to Europe in a very short space of time for, for good money. So um, I think when your name comes up for, for a loan and then suddenly it doesn't work out so well, it's very easy to get carried away and not want to come back. Um, we're seeing the same thing with uh, Dante Seeley. He's at uh, PSV Eindhoven mm-hmm. in their their youth team. He, it was like a two year loan. First year was great. Looked like you know he was you know he scored a hat trick in one game. He was he was flying. Um, this year it's been one goal, one assist out off the wing. They've been playing him. You know when he has got off the bench, they've been playing him in weird positions just to try and fit him in. Um, so I think he comes back in June as well, maybe. Yeah, Reggie Cannon is one I was pretty high on. Do you guys expect to play Justin Shea? Or do you guys think maybe you take a kind of the name of him and maybe try to get some value from him within the league, maybe? I I really have no idea. Um primarily he's a right back. Uh there's a need at centre back. He has played centre back a little bit in the academy, but we're talking at this point, you know, he hasn't played there in a few years. So can he jump into an MLS game there? Maybe, maybe not. Um, when he did play right back for Dallas, there was a lot of um, play that, that would, in the academy level, time on the ball, things like that would would go down great. But um, but MLS just kind of left the team um, exposed. So I, I don't know if maybe, and I think the the team's summer plans were probably contingent on the idea of selling him to Hoffenheim. So, I mean, they probably would just want to turn around and make a quick buck if they can and, you know, get a get a centre mid or a six or a centre back, uh, you know, for the remainder of the season and give the team the best shot at a decent playoff spot. Yeah, do you think... So, like, I, I watch Else Academy because you guys, I would put you top two in the nation. You were Philly, right? And the That's, amount of... You yeah, agree? Oh, no, definitely. I think, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, Dallas is having a little bit of a hole right now. I think this the U15s is an incredible team. Other than that, it's um, a lot of the what would be in the 19s now is is with the first team or has moved on to other clubs. Uh, you got like Matthew Corcoran and the Knight Pickering in, in USL kind of wait until they turn 18 and can try and get some European offers like uh, Jonathan Gomez did with Louisville before he was able to go to Real Sociedad. Yeah, uh, just like I look at Joe's Academy. I look at Joe's Academy and you guys, Dallas consistently 5th, 6th, 7th, 4th place, right? No no League Cups, no, or excuse me, no no champion, no, no, no MLS trophies, correct? You've never won the League. Mm-hmm. Have you won the Open Cup? Twice. Twice. Okay. So I'm looking at y'all and the amount of profit that you guys have turned with these academy kids. What what is it with ownership not filling in those gaps 
with that money to create what in my mind, with that the quality of the academy and the profit they've turned, I feel like Dallas should be better. You should have stars on your uniform. What what is the deal? Like why why have you guys not been able to cross that final hurdle and win the league? Uh, a little bit of bad luck in a way. I mean, um, you know, uh, supporter shield one year, uh, one goal goal difference away from it the year before that. Yeah, twenty sixteen. If injuries work out a little bit differently, you know, you're potentially looking at MLS Cup. But they got to MLS Cup in twenty ten and lost on an own goal. Um, it's. I think a lot, you know, historically a lot of people had frustration because there hasn't been the spend on the first team. Now you've got like eight million on Alan Velasco last year, a two million dollar trade to get Paul Ariola. Um, you've, you know, you had a mid season trade to get Sebastian Legette as kind of one of the the final pieces. Uh, you know, ultimately didn't work out. Disappointing loss in down in Austin. Um, but. I think the thing that people don't really see is that academy makes a ton of money because it costs a ton of money. Um, True. You know, they 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 send teams to the Bayern Munich tournament. They uh, Dallas Cup is is obviously here, so there's a big outlay on that and and all the um ECNL MLS next, all, all that stuff. I just think, um, yeah, you know, uh, oh, they they do all the Alianza tournament. Uh, they do, they do so much stuff, and you know, academy is free. It's 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 you know com- completely free. That the money's got to come from somewhere, and and the cost of the players' development, I, I don't know what it is, but it's probably quite a bit. You know, for every guy that you sell for five million dollars, you've probably got four thousand kids that you've you know, lost a ton of money on. Yeah. All right. I think Joey had a question for you about your predicted lineup and formation, what we're going to see. Hit him, Joe. Yeah. So what do you guys, uh, what do you guys expect to line up tomorrow? Ooh. Uh, right. So Nico Estevez has been a bit funny with his lineup or his uh, formations lately. Uh, tried and trusted is always a four, three, three with a single pivot. So I would expect, uh, Martin Paz in goal, um, uh, Dutch keeper from Utrecht. He's was phenomenal last year. He's kind of carried it this year. Uh, he did have a starring um, performance on when playing it out of the back goes wrong uh, yesterday uh, with a pass straight to a Vancouver player who scored. Uh, other than that, he's been fantastic though. Um, left back Marco Farfan, who was uh, Portland's first uh, homegrown player, played for LAFC. We traded him for. Ryan Hollinshead looked fantastic last year. He slowed down a little bit this year. His body's kind of breaking down a little bit by the looks of it. Uh, and signing uh, Sam Junker from from, uh, from Dynamo us. Dose. That's right, my boy. He, he did say yesterday that hypothetically, if he were to get on and score that there might be a tiny, tiny, very subtle celebration. Nothing disrespectful, but it would be a big moment for him. You know, I liked uh, him. He he took a lot of stick from our supporters. But, I mean, look, he came out of North Carolina or Duke, and when, and when he was young, he was he was a train wreck. He was he was guaranteed for to give up a goal and do something stupid. But he did develop, and he did become some kind of player who can be both defensive and offensive. 
And I kind of fell in love with him. And he was in this, this state of limbo where for months he was just unsigned. And then you guys picked him up. And I think it was 75,000 is what we got for his rights. I have no idea. How, are um, you happy with him so far? Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of like, oh, this guy's a spare. What's he going to do? Uh, he's kind of come into the side. He's been totally serviceable at left back. He came into a game at left mid. He came in at right wing yesterday. Uh, wherever you put him, he'll he's doing a job, and I mean he's just busting his ass. Uh, yesterday it was Vancouver put uh, like a flat four up top and we're just bombing balls over the top, and he's he's making those runs, tracking back from from right wing constantly, and happy doing it. That's that's the kind of player that you want to see in in any team. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with him. I I liked him so much. That I did this little Photoshop I just put in the chat <laughs> where I put Sam Junkwa's face on Jesus. He actually, he, he, I can't remember if he got us one point or three points in one of these matches, but junk with Jesus. Is uh, from that is, open cup game? Probably. I took, is, uh, a, I took a lot of flack from the religious folks. They called yeah. me, they called me a heretic. It's like, yeah, that's a plus compliment. Uh, no, I think uh, you know it's it's funny. I remember uh, when when Javon Watson uh, moved from uh, from Houston to Dallas, and yeah, back home, you know, if someone if someone moved from Watford to Luton, you spend the first year hating their guts and and wishing death upon their family, and then you kind of ease up when you're like, okay, they're not coming back. This is fine. Uh, but with Javon and, and with Sam, they're they're absolutely lovely people. Uh, yeah, really. Um, really uh and, and talented too yeah we picked so. up uh we had some of your like it seems like the shit rolls downhill from dallas to houston to austin because you had maxi rudy and fafa pico yep and then we fafa had hates dallas now dude i think fafa hates us too so don't feel bad he's in he's we in shit Nashville. on him here i didn't i didn't hate him he, he's a I, they kind of did here and then uh you know i, I, him I traded not a fan of him well. Well, he, well he 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 does two things well he runs fast and he's right-footed. That's it. But you can't teach speed. And I didn't hate Fafa. Maxi Rudy, on the other hand, not a huge fan because he went from you to us to Austin. And he seems just way too happy. I hate seeing so, him. Happy. Did he win the Open Cup for you? What was no. that? No, they weren't here. No, yet. that was 2018 we won it. He played here in 2021. 20, yeah. 2021. 2021. So, yeah. One thing he has is tattoos of a bunch of his teams. And I can't remember if it's every team he plays for, or every team he wins a trophy with. So he has a Toronto tattoo. He has Newell's Old Boy. He has uh, he has a Portland tattoo. He has an FC Dallas tattoo. Um, so I, if it's teams he wins a trophy with, there's a chance that, you know, he's played for all three and only has a tattoo of one. Alternatively, he might have all three tattooed, in which case that's just weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't agree with the, the team tattoos, regardless of whether you win or not. I so think our our player Bassi, he uh, he kind of he unintentionally mocked his celebration when he when we scored against him on uh, against great. Austin. It was great. You know, he does the the bow and arrow thing. Yeah, Bossy went and scored and did that. He had no idea. This dude just moved in demos. He doesn't know who the fuck uh, Maxi Rudy is. But it it from the fans' perspective it was freaking hilarious. That was oh, great. Wow. That was great. So what, going uh, into Bassi, Bassi seems a pretty dangerous player in general. From the PK spot, he's tits. Open he's... Uh, open play. It's he's he tends to disappear sometimes. He's very creative. He was with was it Barnsley in the championship? Oh okay. yeah, 
and he played somewhere in France. Rennes, Rennes, Metz, FC Metz. Yeah, and he had hit pretty good numbers, but he's like you said we were talking earlier about a true ten. He strikes me as a true ten, but he's playing on the left wing. You know, so I, I feel like he's a little bit out of position. But yeah. we do run a four three three. Speaking of lineups, he played a lot better when we had a a left back that could get forward more. Because when he when we have Escobar playing at left back, Escobar is also right footed, so he kind of inverts, and then Bossy on their left wing, he's also inverting. Then there's no outlet out wide, and that's where Bossy kind of struggles to get things going. I think pretty soon Brad Smith will. I hope. He comes back to form and he starts to the left. He's we put Franco horrible. on the right. I know he's been horrible, Joey, but he's been hurt for fucking two years. <laughs> Give me Vandercoast. I want Vandercoast starting. I, who do you hate more, Swedes or Australians? The truth. Which one is it? I'm going to go Swedes because I think Australian women have the hottest accent ever. See, I was going to say Swedes because Australia helped us in the wars. They helped us defeat Japan in World War II. So I respect them. And, you know, Gallipoli, Mel Gibson. Great movie. Before Mel your Gibson's time, Joey. reason just to hate Australia yeah. in general. I've never seen that. Well, he, he wasn't the reason until he went out and did that anti-Semitic stuff. But yeah, now he's a yeah. fucking idiot. I guess when you have that much money, you can say whatever you want. I mean, here in America, we elect people that have money and say yeah, whatever yeah, they want. True. So it's like, you could speak your mind or you can be president. <laughs> I kind of like the guy with uh, with Alzheimer's, though. He's, he's cute. Talks about ice cream instead of school shootings. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> you were talking about the lineup, right? Yeah, I was talking about the lineup. So uh, <laughs> going off topic, that was a reference to Joe Biden talking about his love of ice cream instead of talking about the shooting in El Paso people, in case you don't read the news. Uh, so you guys are in good form right now. You've been in good form pretty much all year. We were in we were in form-ish defensively. Uh, offensively, our, our form is not, it's not solid at all. We're on the road. We don't do well on the road, although Dallas is close. How do you beat us what do you guys have to do in order to beat houston this this saturday well apparently uh it's concede a goal early and then score a couple uh dallas has won four at home this year and three of those have been come from behind wins so um if if houston scores in the first 10 minutes maybe be worried uh if dallas scores in the first 10 minutes yeah you you might want to you know you might want to feel good about yourselves we're not going to score in the first 10 I promise. We might not enough. score. Period. Um, well, I mean, that Dallas up until that um, Austin game, and Dallas broke a, I think it was like three hundred and eighty minute uh, scoreless run, and then you know Jesus Ferreira's got three and two games now. So, uh, we'll, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll see kind of which team comes up the the team that can get in the ball or the team that makes him make frustrated runs back and play as deep as a six. Yeah. All right, Joe, you're up. Ask the next one, brother. All right. And how can, how do you think we could beat you guys? Uh, play a low block. FC Dallas is completely useless against a low block. That is That's how what we Austin do. won that playoff game. That is why Dallas has a terrible record against uh, Minnesota and hasn't really done too well with sporting Kansas mm-hmm. City the last couple of years. So yeah, my fear is that lately we have not been able to score goals and we've we've been playing a low block for the most part, in a lot of games, especially because we've had a lot of red cards lately. Mm-hmm. But my fear is that we might try to go just a little bit more attacking in this game to try to rectify the no goals in the last however many games. 
and then you guys might just pick us apart in transition because I know you guys could do that. Dallas is a pretty good pressing team. Um, mm-hmm. that that is one. You know, uh, the the two goals the other day. Uh, sorry, it was yesterday. Uh, I'm talking about. Um, you know, both of them uh came off of of pressing moments. One was Adara Brian, um, a Colombian winger. He, you know, just just one of this boy in midfield. Uh, that it was really just a. A, you know, a loose ball going to a Vancouver player, held off two tackles, played a beautiful pass for for Ferreira. The other one, um, another when playing out the back goes wrong moment, uh, completely useless. Some uh, Vancouver defender turns on the ball in tons of space, decides he's going to play a, a sideways pass in the back line. Uh, Siki and Sebeling, a South African uh, second round draft pick from last year. Uh, Closed him down, stole the ball away, gave it to Ferreira in, in acres of space, and he not make the keeper. So, uh, you know, th- yeah, if, if, trying to play it up back, uh, trying to 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 play attractive football can um, can can be the thing that gives Dallas a chance. And my hope is that we line up in a five back, because I am absolutely scared. That if we play in the four back and we have Daniel Steris sitting really deep at right back, that if Alan Vasco gets the chances to just straight up run at this dude, it, you guys are gonna kill us. Steris is gonna have to clothesline him. I mean, that was that was his wasn't his uh, first goal against uh, free kick against Houston. I think it was. So I mean, he can do it from distance. It, uh, he's not really like the. He's not really a great runner. Uh, he's getting better at one on one attacking but he's uh he's not the fastest so he can lose the ball pretty easily well Steris, Steris is also Steris, the slowest yeah, his, <laughs> his pace his pace on our back line he is far and away the slowest player in then our we're starting gonna 11. be uh just then we're just gonna be watching a real slayer event unfold uh i guess actually the other way you can um you can beat dallas Dallas is FC short this year. Um, aside from the back line, everyone's like five six. So uh, pump high balls. And, we do we do pretty uh, well and, on and set try and pieces. catch Dallas on the counter. And yeah, pieces, we we can't actually. pump high balls though. Well, we'll see with about Ibrahim Aliu if he starts again because our other forwards Corey Baird, Thor, Sebas, they they have anti hold up play. You know, it's mm-hmm. they're all weak. They all just get bullied in the air. It's it's really really sad. It kind of takes away the long ball at times. Yeah, we try to play possession based football, which we we did pretty well against Minnesota, statistically speaking. I have I haven't even watched the game yet. I was I was out. You but, didn't uh, miss anything. I missed the loss. I missed some phenomenal saves uh, by I'm, Steve Clark. I'm not sure that you ever miss anything from Minnesota games. They were wrong. I mean, really cool city, great fans, uh, beautiful a lot of stadium. Fun, but uh, yeah, yeah, very. Um, but yeah, their their games. I mean, it's an Adrian Heath, so they're never gonna they're never gonna play anything that's worth watching. Minnesota with people, Reynosa. yeah, Minnesota people are are they're actually my favorites because we went up there to watch Spurs and AC Milan a couple of years ago. My son and I, and somebody broke into our hotel room and they stole my cell phone. Oh, wow. when they couldn't unlock it, you know what they did? They sent it back. It to back. Me. They sent it back. Yeah, they're the oh, nicest gross. criminals I've ever met here in Houston. Like <laughs> they don't return anything. I've had my car stolen in Houston. I didn't get that shit back. It's ridiculous. But uh, you, you talk about it started. That was the problem. I, well, I mean, I, yeah, I guess it did. 
it did start, but we got smart thieves in Minnesota. They're just polite and cordial, but uh, who should we keep an eye on for y'all? Obviously. No, I... Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, sorry. Oh, all right. We're going to move on. Next question. All right. So I don't think he heard you. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I missed that. It's this wonderful internet we have down here, this Wi-Fi. So uh, Ferreira is obviously in good form. Who should we keep an eye on? Is he the one that we need to worry about, or is there somebody behind him that's pulling the strings? Uh, Ferreira tends to be the uh, the star attraction, right? He's you know, uh, three goals in two games. Uh, he's got eight of Dallas's 15 or 16 goals across the season. Jesus. Um, he is, yeah, he is. He's he got as many goals as our whole team. Um, uh, fun fact: He's uh, uh, got more uh, goals at um, what's it called? Uh, Austin Stadium than Diego Fagundes, who was one of their first signings. It's true. That, it's that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, they did good up there. So is he the one? Is he the one we need to worry about? Um. Him primarily, yeah. Uh, depends who's behind. If uh, Hader Obrian uh, starts at wing, he's suddenly turned a corner and become like a half decent footballer with a brain, which is really you nice. used to hate um, him. Yeah, no, he was just. Um, I mean, he missed a sitter from like six yards out yesterday, but um, everything was always, you know, you could have a really difficult shot from an impossible angle. Or a guy that's completely unmarked on the edge of the six-yard box, and he would take the shot, one hundred percent of the time. I uh, just made terrible decisions, and um, he seems to have kind of figured it out the last couple of games. He provided a great assist. Um, he's riding tackles. He's not just throwing himself to the floor. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's always one to keep an eye out for. Alan Velasco can, uh, you know, he can have a quiet game, or he can just turn it on and look like, like uh, you know, uh, a guy that River Plate was suddenly looking at um, last year. Um, and Siki and Sebeling, uh, the, the South African midfielder, he um, he had a great performance uh, yesterday, looked solid in Austin. He's had, I think it's three games in a row with an assist, maybe, or three nice. games he's played in a row. Uh, but, he, you know, the last two... Um, He's had assists in uh, kind of a wild card, absolute ball of energy, not always great in the final third, but he's kind of starting to put it together and, and figure the league out. So, um, yeah, uh, really, that, those are probably the, the three to watch. And then if Paxton Pomacol comes back, if it was just rest, uh, you know, he's always one of the ones that uh, loves getting fired up for the derby game. So, um you know what what he does, and uh, particularly if he has a a running battle with anyone in the Houston midfield, that might be uh, fun to see some fireworks. Oh, him and Herrera are going to go at it. I already know Herrera's going to beat his ass. Herrera's been getting fiery in every game lately. Hector's going to fuck him up. I, 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 as long as he doesn't get a stupid ass second yellow like he's done twice, I'm getting tired of that shit. So tired, but uh, dude, you, you talk about Obreon. I'm so stupid and American. I'm watching that. I go, I go, who is O'Brien? And where is O'Brien? When I first started watching, I was like, O'Brien, O'Brien. Then they keep calling O'Brien. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. He's not Irish. 
What yeah, we uh, we definitely had people go through that uh, when he first signed before he got to Dallas. And who the fuck's O'Brien? Why is he coming from Colombia? Yeah, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, they... uh, it, by the time he actually got here, everyone figured out. I didn't know they had Irish folks in Colombia. Look at that. But uh, we got we got a couple <laughs> of questions. We got a couple of questions. They're for just you real chasing quick. the product. Couple quick questions from you, uh, for you, from a listener. We're not going to ask that one. This is a good one. All right, one of our listeners says, "What's more important to you, El Capitan or Copa Tejas?" Uh, Copa Tejas is uh, not important in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, El Capitan. I mean, it might be falling apart, but it's got history behind it. It's got teams that want it. Um, my, my, uh, I think the the funny thing with Copa Tejas was, firstly, weirdly, with the unbalanced schedule, you know, you beat uh, um, Dallas beats Austin. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, Houston plays Austin a few weeks, uh, whenever it was recently. But they didn't even count anything. it. They didn't count it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the weird thing was when Dallas won it that first season, when when it was like the best of the worst teams in the league, Dallas, uh, so the Dallas supporters groups got it for like two months. And then uh, the organizers were like, hey, we're going to take it off you and let uh, Austin have it now. So it's a consolation prize. Basically, it's a participation. Trophy. It doesn't matter who actually wins it. Yeah, it's so uh, it's you know, not even worth the uh, the tin it's made out of. Yeah, and statistically speaking, the real Copa Tejas winners last year weren't even an MLS team. It was San Antonio. That's true. San Antonio average. Oh, I don't even get started price. with that. <clears throat> well, it's not a real trophy, Joey. So chill. That I, I saw have, that. They I have saw the that shield one on Twitter the other day. They were all like comparing all like, the points per game. And they had all the USL teams. They had the dash in there. I'm like, it's not. It's yeah. not even the same fucking sport, really. We just hey, I, want, up. I, I want the FC Dallas Academy in there. I mean, that was, you know, even up a little bit. Yeah, like it, it's 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 stupid. You you, it's if you put an MLS team in USL, they're gonna have the highest points per game total. If you put an MLS team in NWSL, they're gonna have the highest points per game total. It's it's a stupid ass comparison. I I just think the dash. Yeah, need, I, to, need to play Austin. Be a real barn burner. <laughs> does Dallas does Dallas have a women's team? Uh, Dallas, Dallas has a does. Dallas has a women's team in the WPSL. Uh, I think the the FC Dallas owners kind of uh, cock teased NWSL a couple of times, and then they uh, told them to go fuck themselves. So uh, Dallas getting an NWSL team is not happening anytime soon. Uh, there is supposed to be this uh, USL-led Super League that there's mm-hmm. a Dallas-Fort Worth team that's supposed to start next year. We'll we'll see if that happens and where it happens because, uh, you know, there's few, uh, not that, that many places to play out of, really. Well, that's that's one thing we do when, I guess, is the equal, equal rights for women since we have the only NWSL yeah. team. I, I mean, you know, it's weird. There's always been, like, there's always been the rivalry of Dino, but I think, uh, you know, the Dashers is also our our closest team. Uh, Randy Waldrum's son um, Ben coached the FC Dallas women's team. He was an academy coach here. Uh, Randy came down. He after he left the Dash and kind of uh, assisted a bit. He was pretty key in in getting some of those players uh, some off season professional contracts in Scandinavia. I mean, they're you know they're they're great people. So I don't think there's ever been a an ill feeling uh towards the dash even um after the after the hurricane down there uh i think was it the dash played Seattle up in in frisco yeah hurricane harvey yeah that was a bad one 
so yeah, and, and and the Dallas teams had a few of the non-contract dash players over the years as well. Um, back when when it was the Waldrums kind of coaching both teams, so uh, it, yeah, weird, weirdly not uh not a rivalry in that part. So let me ask you a question that's not soccer related. It's more we were talking about. I made the joke about Houston being most progressive with women. You see it in the Premier League, no room for racism. You see it here with the the the, the progressive movement. You've lived in both countries. Which country oh boy. is, in fact, <laughs> more progressive? Like, I, I want your opinion because I have not lived in England. Joey has not lived in England. We've lived in the North. We've lived in the South. And I can tell you the North of the United States is, is far more progressive. But when it comes to fair treatment of players, minority players, where are they treated better? The U.S. or England? The U.K.? Oh, okay. Uh, by fans, you mean? Let's let's go in general, on a daily basis. If you're a person of color, where could you expect to be treated more fairly? Because see, I, I have people. I was in the military, and I have I have friends that have served overseas in Germany, and England, and they they swear to God, they're like it is it is so much better over there in terms of how we're treated, and the way that people act towards us. But in your opinion, who does it better? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I. I certainly agree with that uh, I think uh, Fafa Pico is probably a perfect example one thing he was pissed off with uh, there was a three week span where he got pulled over three times and it was basically because he was a black guy driving a sports car in, in a conservative area of North Texas uh, you know uh, Dallas is very very blue uh, Collin County where Frisco is very red um, so you know, it was just that, and you know, it's the those kind of harsh realities of life that maybe we don't, you know, we don't have to deal with of having to have your wallet neatly laid out and to, uh, you know, so that you're not going into a glove box or something like that that you don't give someone a reason to, um, you know, accidentally kill you. Um, uh, in, the, in the UK, that that doesn't exist. You know, the the, the cops don't have guns and things what do like they what that. do they have sticks billy clubs what do they use over they, there uh yeah they have like billy clubs and then they have uh like a cs gas that nice. uh, like kind of like a mace still a tear gas yeah yeah, so yeah are, are the cops uh, there nicer than here because some of the cops here are dickheads they're terrible uh, i mean still dickheads but uh you know dickheads that can't really do much we'll get that everywhere Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, you give someone all cops, bad and, cops every you know, country. You know what you call 100%. it? You know what you call a dickhead that can't really do much? An Austin FC supporter. Officer. Oh. <laughs> well, Daniel, do you have any questions for us, man? We are about at that sixty-minute mark that is so cherished in the wow. podcasting world. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I, I guess really, uh, like, how how's how's uh. How's things down in, in Houston? I know, you know, with the new ownership, you've got that really cool looking new supporters uh, area. How, what's the feeling down there? Yeah, Joe, I let you go. I've talked a lot this episode. So, I mean, I feel like going into the season, the feeling was pretty hyped. A lot of people were really excited. You know, we brought in so many new players. People were kind of iffy on the coach, but people were high on all of the players we signed. And then we go into the season, we lose two games, and then our fan base is super overreactionary. Everyone starts flipping their lid, lose two games. And then we then we start winning a bunch of games, and everyone's like, oh, we're so good. We're going to make the playoffs. We're a great team this year. Ben Olsen's awesome. 
and now we started losing again and now everyone's kind of freaking out again so i think it really just comes and goes with our fans of how we're feeling about things i think majority of people are like ted siegel because Ted siegel is investing in the team we have two players that, that the salary just came out with we, we have one player that's in the top five which is herrera and then sebastian ferrer even though he's not playing He's we've invested a lot of money into him, which is something we could all appreciate Ted Siegel for. And of course, the new stadium stuff, the new food we have there. It's it's all positive things. There's nothing you could be upset about with that. Yeah, I would have to agree, it, Joey. It, it's funny, like that Dallas and Houston seem to go through the same thing. Uh and it's it's weird because I've heard people say, you know, is that the Austin FC effect that They've come in and spent a bunch of money and created this thing that the owners of the two teams have said, actually, we have to kind of up our game now. Because uh, with, with Dallas, they hired a marketing guy that had worked for like the Cowboys and the Mavericks who actually knew how to market. And suddenly the, the stadium is now full for the first time ever. And, um, you know, Dallas historically never spent more than a million dollars on the salary and suddenly like five players are making more than a million uh and you've got you know jesus ferreira whose contract's gonna top two million in a couple of years and it there's there's all this like weird investment that just didn't exist so it's it's cool to see you know you know, if, there were years when people were like, yeah, rivalry aside, we're like, oh, Texas doesn't deserve any teams. Look at the shit attendance for both of them. Uh, it, it's it's cool to see, you know, like a, a rocking supporter section and and good crowds and and bigger name, bigger budget players in the state, regardless of what team they play for. You talk That's about great. you talk about investments, San Diego's. Investor man, Mansour, Mansour, is he in any way? Million. Is he? But is he? Is he kin or related to the the Sheik Mansour of Man City? He's Egyptian, so I would assume not. But who okay. knows? All right, guys. I'm I'm really upset about San Diego getting a team. Well, I was tweeting about it earlier. I was well, um I don't like it. Well, I feel like out of any team we could have had. A fourth team in California was like bottom of my list. Definitely a cop out. Especially yeah. when you have you have Arizona that has no team. You have you have Vegas as an option. Yeah. You have New Mexico as an yeah. option. Oklahoma City. Yeah, you got Oklahoma. Wow. You could if you wanted to go east, you got God, you got New Orleans, but that Louis. wouldn't they wouldn't want but there was a team Louis. in St. Louis, uh, man. New Orleans, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, now yeah, I was thinking of New Orleans. Oh. Even yeah. you know, even the open bids, you've got Vegas, you've got uh Detroit, you've uh, yeah. you've had Sacramento oh, for the longest time, even if you wanted that extra uh, California team. Uh, obviously San Antonio losing out with Austin. There's there's so many options that kind of would have added a bit more than just and here's another Southern so California team. Yeah. team. I, I was re- I was really rooting for Phoenix or New Mexico. Me too. Be good. I think Phoenix. Well, it, it's weird that we don't have any Arizona representation. I think we're what, the only one in, out of all the big sports in America to not have anything in Arizona. Big and Arizona is such a big part of American soccer with like the the Desert Diamond Cup and and everything yeah. that like yeah. Tucson does and, and mm-hmm. Phoenix Rising's been 
you know, they've got that crazy ownership group with I think it's Diplo and Didier Drogba and oh yeah, else. I, I would have loved to see Phoenix and MLS. I'm I'm from New Mexico, so oh. I would have I would have loved to see Albuquerque get the team, especially with how great the fans are there. I think the fans there are better than probably eighty percent of MLS teams. Joe, you're I mean, from New uh, Jersey. Yeah, we uh, just live in New Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> we had uh we had Minnesota, uh, not Minnesota, New Mexico, uh United. You know, they came up here yep, down here in the uh, Open Cup one year, and I mean, you know, on a Tuesday night to SMU Stadium, they brought like a thousand people. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, last time I went to Santa Fe, I was reading a one of the local papers, and it was like a a thing about how there's you know t- two thousand people that just go from Santa Fe to Albuquerque for games, and they all kind of like caravan it down there, and yep. Yeah, they I mean, they leave they leave cool USL answer. and attendance at attendance the last few years. Um, they they sell out a lot of games. They brought a few thousand people over to Austin for that Open Cup game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really it, it would have been it would have been so nice to have them in a MLS. But hey, money talks. Five hundred million, man. That's one hundred and seventy-five million dollars more than Charlotte FC's expansion fee, and that's roughly more than Man City cost. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that's. That's that's Premier League. That's like you know bottom of the table Premier League club money. That'll buy you. That'll buy you burn. But it's, it's more than that. I mean, more than that. It's. I think if you put them against like the the sales, that would make them the fourth, fourth or fifth most expensive soccer team ever. It just it seems like to Man me City like... was like three hundred million. Paris Saint Germain was only one hundred and fifty million. What did Steinbrenner buy the Yankees for back in the day? Wasn't it like? A ridiculously no, low number when he bought them it was it was quite cheap but it's just i don't know man these these fees that they're charging it's i i've i've said repeatedly mls to me seems like a ponzi scheme with the ownership group just splitting the money and sharing the revenue and all that and what do you think about promotion and relegation here in the u.s for or against it we'll make this quick because we're at the hour mark uh, would love to be for it, but the structure for it doesn't exist yet. Yeah, uh, completely you, against it. <laughs> you, the, the problem you got is you can't have someone invest five hundred million and tell them that if they have a crap season, they're going to be playing at RGB in front of five hundred people. Yeah, it, the 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 country just doesn't like soccer enough for it to ever work. It's too big for it to ever work. We don't understand I mean, that, it. That's the problem. That, you you get people like Tinfoil Ted tell these beautiful stories, and if Luton makes Premier League, that's going to be another one about how yeah. ten years ago we were in non-league and we had four pro- uh, promotions since then. That's I think it's awesome, great. But I think we're a four-year-old club, and you know, the, England went a hundred years without promotion relegation. It needed mm-hmm. you know five thousand well-invested clubs to get to a point where it's like, oh shit, maybe now we could actually do things based on merit rather than just who who we're friends with yeah see the US thing that draws me to, M- to mls over that that over european i i enjoy mls more than i enjoy the premier league champions yeah. league all that is i like how different it is and i think the more you try to make it like europe the less interesting to me it becomes like the big thing is with all like, the names of the teams that they all used to have cooler names, Houston Dynamo, Seattle Sounders, Pro and Timbers, cool names, and everything's FC, SC, United. It's, I feel like the more they try to European is the more boring it gets to me because I think that kind of takes away some of the appeal of MLS. 
Yeah, and I think a big thing is, you know, people talking about that, I'm going to choose my team. It's a sport, it's not a TV show. You know, I mean, the the thing that makes a, a Dynamo game fun is going to be what happens in, in the supporters section. It's the thing that makes an FC Dallas game fun is going to be the supporters section. You know, we talk about teams like, you know, Austin for, for you know, the, the good that they do. Uh, LAFC, Miami, teams that have these like really cool atmospheres that it doesn't matter if the game's shit, you want to be a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we can watch, you know, you can watch Messi on the TV. You can't necessarily watch Messi at Toyota Stadium or PNC, is it Park or Field, whatever the stadium's called now. Oh, sorry, no, it's Shell, Shell Energy. Energy right? Shell Energy, yeah. yeah. Um, but you can have a damn good time if, if, if the atmosphere's right. So right. it's, I forget where I'm even going with that. You know, you you can you can have a good time at uh, a, a a semi-pro game. Uh, I mean, I've been to Denton Diablos games that have been a lot of fun, and you know that's that's a couple of hundred people. It's just that couple of hundred people were choosing to have a lot of fun watching some college players play rather than sitting around the TV watching some rich guys get richer. Yeah. So well, all right. You get more things like that. People invest in the game that way. You're going to get better players for the national team because more money's in the game. It's it's a better you know it's it's a better decision than hey I'm a really good athlete. Let me give the NFL a go. That compared to man I could make a, a stupid amount of money in MLS if I'm good enough and and play for the national team and you know the same way it is in other countries. All right, Joe, you got anything else, brother? We covered everything, man. Daniel, you got anything for us? It's been a lot of fun. Don't say that. You're going to put discussion. a damper on the rivalry. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, you know. I guess so. I guess it's all right. It's always Saturday. It is Saturday. Yeah. As soon as we hang up, it's it's fuck Dallas. Oh, we could th- we could throw in Chris's question if you want to add some rivalry. Oh God. Oh, yeah. I didn't see this. I just closed Discord. What did <laughs> he it, ask? Will you go fuck yourself? All right. <laughs> all right. What's what's it feel like to being the most non-existent team in the state? Comes from bad guy uh, Chris. I don't know. I don't support the San Antonio MLS team. Oh, nice. And there you go. He does. He, the second part of his question is not bad. But you know what? You were talking about sellouts. He says, How do you become popular in Dallas? But based on the numbers you're throwing out, you guys are starting to put some butts in those seats, huh? Starting to, yeah. It's, it, uh, you know, I. I don't know. It, the, whatever they've done with the the marketing has been it's been solid. Um, there's been it, it's it's good to see uh, advertising boards up in the city that don't say Houston's two times better than Dallas. Thanks again for that one. You're welcome. Um, Back. But, <laughs> um, you know we've got a we've got a support shield and open cups. We couldn't cry ourselves to sleep on. It'll be fine. And you got a cup of Tejas. But. Uh, yeah. Gonna <laughs> borrow it. I uh, I'm good. We'll give it to Austin. They care about it more than anybody. They really do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Man. It's I, I guess when you know when you win win real trophies, it kind of you know those kind of lose their importance. Yeah, we understand. We understand. But uh, hey no, man, um, it, it it's cool. It's been cool having uh kind of a, a not insignificant team for a minute. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's good for the rivalry that that you guys and us are both on an upward trend. 
it's good for the state. It's good for the state of soccer. It's good for the fans, you know, and it's, it's how I it want should playoff be. Playoff games between us. That's what I want. I want a Western oh, Conference final. I want a Western Conference I mean, final. Let's think. Back in the day, you know, um, Dallas and Chicago started the first like fan-led rivalry, the the Brimstone Cup, and it was based around Dallas and Dallas and Chicago got paired in like insane playoff games when it was the best of three, and then uh, you had Dima Kovalenko for Chicago had a habit of breaking Dallas players' legs. You know that that was a rivalry, and that having that possibility of playing in the playoffs really just stoked that rivalry. It's not mm. something you can just say, guys, you you live close together, so you're you're now rivals. Please hate each other. That's like and, us in Kansas City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't Rico Clark kick the shit out of one like literally kicked one of the Dallas players in one of these matches, if I remember correctly? Uh, I yes, think I have it in a highlight it video. Yeah. Uh kicked um fish guy. What's his name? Um Guatemalan player played for LA Galaxy. Oh, I know you're talking about. This was a yeah, long he, time ago. But he long kicked him ago. square in the face. Yeah. That's how like, rivalry 2012? should be. Was that 2013? Rico has been there for a while. I'd have was, to that go back. Was, like was that the Jeff Cameron game? 10, maybe? I don't remember. Dude, there's been a lot. Uh, Shit, guy's name's escaped me. Uh, El Pescadito. Um... Answers on a postcard, I guess. I yeah, know. we'll figure it out <laughs> later. Anyway, boys, that's time. Uh, Daniel, thank you for stopping by, man. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. This has been the most fun of anything related to Houston I've ever had the pleasure of doing. <laughs> well, Appreciate that, man. Right back at you, brother. Right back at you. <laughs> Joey, as always, love you, man. Love you, man. Fucking took you long enough to say it back. I thought <laughs> you were going to leave so. me standing, man. I was like, Gee, did you che- are you cheating on me? What's his name? No, it was some it was some lag. I I couldn't I couldn't hear what you said at first. I had to take you a keep, second to process. You know, you blamed lag on our the game of rock paper scissors you cheated on last episode too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, man, best of luck to y'all. Hope you lose. Hope you guys come out healthy-ish though. And uh, as always, go Dynamo. Likewise. Ah, you you ruined my punchline at the end. Ah, I gotta do it again. As always, go Dynamo. Got Ferreira at the far post. Can he get a shot off? It's Ferreira to get a second. Yes, he does. Goes in off the hands of JT Marcinkowski. Thomas Ferreira has picked up the second. It's four to two. Houston Dynamo. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's familiar with failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool ass people.